lost. Queen Julia of the planet Bardotta has been abducted. If Representative Jar Jar Binks and Jedi Master Mace Windu cannot find the missing queen in three rotations, a sinister prophecy will be fulfilled. The bloodthirsty Frangal cult will take over the Bardotan government and its planetary system will be overwhelmed by chaos, death, and destruction. Welcome to our 229th Fangirl Cult Fighting episode of MandoVision. I'm your host, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. The best way to reach out to us on social media is at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. All right, Bucketheads, how are we doing? We are here for the second part of The Disappeared. And listen, I had I told you last week I had a lot of fun with this episode. One of the things I neglected to mention because it was part of like the big action, it kind of kicked off the big action sequence, was when the fangirl cult sacrificed one of the Degoyan masters to their uh, uh, machine that, that harnesses and, and sucks the living force right out of your body. And you get to go down a big slide to do it. <laughs> and, and we didn't talk about that. And, and I, I regretted it because I'm not going to lie. If you got to go out, you might as well go down a big giant slide first on your way to the end of your life. <laughs> just, I don't know. Something about that slide. I'm just like, I get it. You're going to die when you get down to the bottom of that thing because you're going to go right into the mouth of that, that thing that's like just sucking the force right out of your body and killing you in the process. But that slide looked pretty cool. It looked pretty, pretty, pretty cool. That's all I'm going to say about it. But yeah, there you go, friends. So, <laughs> I don't know. Just saying. Give me a big slide on the way to my demise. Shh, shh, why not? Let's do it. Let's get it on. <laughs> I don't think I have much else to address right now. Uh, other than, like, let's just go ahead and get into the specifics of this episode because, listen, like I find this this two-parter to be fun. It's a nice distraction from some of the, like the heavier uh, uh, themes that we've gotten into 
in earlier episodes of the season, heavier plot lines, you know, more mythology-driven stuff. Uh, but it it's also like this kind of like palate cleanser before we get to like the final episodes of of this season, right? Of these of this Lost Missions kind of era of of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, uh, because after this, it gets real, it gets intense, and we're gonna be here talking about a lot of different things. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too far. I don't want to get ahead of us. Let's put it that way. But big episode next week that I'm just dying to talk to you guys about and dying, like going down a big slide on my way to my death, kind of dying, that that kind of dying. I can't wait to talk to you guys about next week's episode. Uh, and then we get into like the big Yoda arc where Yoda goes on that adventure. No, not adventure is not even like the right word. It's sort of like this the, uh, quest for discovery of about force abilities. And the, those are big episodes. They're huge episodes. They're impactful for the mythology and for the films moving forward. Uh, so, like, they're, they're, they're going to be pretty intense. So you get this nice palate cleanser of a two-parter with Jar Jar and Mace Windu kind of, like, doing the buddy cop thing. Uh, little Merton Riggs action, maybe. I don't know. You, you tell me. And, and I dig it. I'm here for it. It's, again, it's light. It's easy. It's Temple of Doom light. And I had fun with it. But yeah, it's it, it. When you look back, you see it as what it was. It was like, oh, this is this is this is sort of like that little uh, little sorbet, right, at the end of your meal to cleanse the palate a little bit. Because uh, uh, what's coming next? Ooh, that's gonna coat your tongue, big time. So get ready for that. So let's go ahead and do and get into this episode. We are here for Star Wars: The Clone Wars, season six, episode nine, The Disappeared, part two. Written by Jonathan Rinsler, excuse me, directed by Bosco and G, our primary cast for this episode. And it's going to give you a spoiler right off the right off, right off the jump, but okay. Ahmad Best is Jar Jar Binks. Terrence C.C. Carson is Mace Windu. Ami Shokla is Queen Julia. Barbara Goodson returns. And you know what that means. She's bringing Mother Talzin with her. That's right, the non-corporeal, but still able to engage in sword fights. <laughs> and needs a space shuttle to get around. That Mother Talzin is back. Cass Anvar as Patine, the fangirl cult leader. And Tom Kane is our narrator. And Jeff Fisher is the trainer. I don't know what that is. Trainer? Yeah, okay. Well, he's in the cast too. Good, for, good on you for getting that cast, cast credit right there. Our plot for this week, Jar Jar Binks' beloved Queen Julia of the planet Bardata has been abducted by the bloodthirsty fangirl cult to fulfill a dark and ancient prophecy. Our Jedi fortune cookie for this episode. Wisdom is born in fools as well as wise men. All right, folks, let's just get into it. We, we said it in the, in, the, in the, when we read the cast list. Mother Talzin returns. The Blade of Talzin returns. And obviously we have some heavy connections here with the recently concluded season of Ahsoka. Uh, but this is technically, the, the, this is pretty much like the final Mother Talzin, right? I think I've maybe thought that she was gone, gone. I forgot that she popped up again in this this two-parter, and is sort of the one orchestrating the fangirl cult because, again, she's sort of like non-corporeal but corporeal enough to hold a blade and to get into like fights and stuff and have to ride around in a spaceship, but she's still very um like not whole, <laughs> which is what she needs all this force energy for, uh, for her dark magics to bring her fully back into the world of the living. I, I would imagine. Uh, you know, those, those nine sisters, they did the complicated things. You know, what are you going to do? All right, my friends, 
Let's go ahead. We'll, we'll talk about it some more on the other side. Let's get into it right now. You know what that means. It is time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. So, tell me exactly what you saw when you were being held prisoner by the cultists. It's like Misa said. The cultists took one of the Daigoyan masters and sacrificed him. Misa got all crispy fried, and then they just stole the force right out of him and put it in a shiny ball. So the cultists are stealing living force and trapping it in a containment sphere. Yes. They tried to steal my living force too, but Yusa saved me. Hmm. And now they plan to do the same thing with the Queen. But to what end? The cultists couldn't exploit the living force like a Jedi or a Sith. I sense something else. A darker presence. Maxi big the Force Master in Mace, but how's are we gonna find the Queenie? She's still a prisoner. If the containment spirit has gathered enough of the living force as you suggest, I will be able to sense its location. If we find the spear, we will find the Queen. Okie deck. We shall make a bombad team, Master in Mace. Indeed. So Mace senses the presence of, of, of something darker and more powerful than simply the fangirl cult here. And it's in the next sequence here. Uh, the arrival on uh, this other, at this other location. I'm not even sure if they give it a name. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I was trying to figure that out. It looked like when they left Bardata, it looked like they were just heading up to the moon over there. But uh, uh, Mace and Jar Jar enter Lightspeed, so they must be somewhere else. They're at a secondary location that, to my knowledge, goes unnamed. So <laughs> uh, how do they find them? How do they follow them? I'm assuming the Fangirl Cult must have known locations across the galaxy, some other Bardotan hideouts. Uh, I find that intriguing. I didn't think about that too hardly until right now when I didn't, I didn't think about it too hard until right now when I just thought of it. I was like, wait a second. They went to light speed. Where did they go exactly? And how did they find them? But it must have been sort of like a known location, right? Some sort of known uh, base for the fangirl cult that they operate out of. That's the only thing that makes any sense, unless uh, there's a piece of dialogue in this episode that I have missed or completely forgotten. Uh, if if you know if you know it and I don't, you know how to get a hold of me. Let me know. Correct me. Uh, but any hoot. Uh, so Jar Jar describes what's going on. Mace is sort of fascinated by this idea of of, of capturing the living force, knowing that the Dagoyans they are unable to harness it themselves. So there must be something darker and more powerful going on here. And then, as I was getting ready to say, they, they, the Degoyans come out and say it. The, the Fangirl cult comes out and says it. That they have vision from the Great Mother. Well, I mean, if you're thinking, there's only one Great Mother in Star Wars The Clone Wars. So that's your big hint that it, this is the return of Mother Talzin. But let's go ahead and play that exchange where the Fangirl cult is sort of laying it all out here on their, at their new base. And also, interestingly enough... Uh, we find out that it's not only Degoyans in this cult. We see other species uh, as well, part of the Fangirl. So I, th I thought that was very interesting, but we hadn't seen them uh, until this episode. And none of them are wearing the ceremonial big bucket helmets that we saw in the, in the first episode at the temple and that we see more of in this episode. As like, and, you know, I, don't know, I wonder if that means like you're a different level Fangirl cult member. Uh, I don't know until you get like that big wooden bucket head. Um, but hey, let's play the bit anyways. Brother, another vision of the Great Mother came to me. She said the Jedi knows of the sphere 
and that he is following us here with the Gungan. Great Mother warned us our plan would be discovered if a Jedi ever came to our daughter. We did not know the Gungan had such powerful friends. Hmm. We must hurry. Once we sacrifice the Queen and transfer the Living Force to the Great Mother, she will deal with the Jedi. Sounds intense. So I went ahead and looked it up because I have the power to pause this podcast and, and, and fact check things. So head over to wikipedia.com. I was able to uh, figure out, read, well, I didn't figure anything out, I just read, that they are on the moon Zardosa Sticks. And that is where the cult is operating out of in this episode. Uh, so now Mace and Jar Jar arrive on Zardosa Sticks. And Jar Jar is very excited to get out there and begin combing the streets of the city before them, uh, which is a very visually uh, interesting city. It's it's uh, one of the more unique landscapes they've used in Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Uh, so take note of that. I, I, I found it to be very visually interesting. I love the moons in the backdrop. Uh, it has a very unique look to it, and the color palette is, is glorious. So I, I enjoyed that part of it too. But uh, as excited as Jar Jar is, Mace, again, like we said last week, you know, if he was only been, had been more patient, they might not be in this predicament. But now Mace is exercising the patience that we've come to associate with the Jedi Masters. So let's let him lay it out for Jar Jar. Let's get going. Calm yourself, Representative. Stay still. But Risa must hurry. That city, it's a muy big. Risa have to move fast to catch the cultists. We cannot rush into this. We must remain calm and let the Force guide us. <sighs> But maybe using the Force taking too longer, and they're getting away. No. Running blindly through the city will only waste time and allow them to escape. Now be still. Ah, okie day, Master and Mace. I see people, market, streets. Yep, Mace, I see that from here, too. I see crowds. Wait, a square. A market square. And the sphere, I see it. And the queen. Let's go. Wait, wait! Misa thought we were not rushing in. That was before we knew where we were going. Now, the chase is on. I love that. The chase is on. It's like the game is afoot. It's so Sherlock Holmesy of him. But yeah, good stuff right there. Uh, May sort of f- sussing it all out, using the force, tracking the force sphere. Uh, good stuff, and now we get into another sort of Indiana Jones uh, kind of tribute slash motif kind of thing. You know, this is a lot like the chase through the streets of Cairo in Raiders of the Lost Ark coming up here, uh, with a little bit of a more slapsticky stuff for Jar Jar to do, as as you know it goes a little awry, uh, and and Jar Jar expresses his uh, sort of impatience at a lot of things in the episode. But we get to some fun lightsabery things and. Uh, generally, it's just it's just a fun little uh, like kind of action beat here, and it's very very enjoyable. So the the sort of culmination of the chase ends up being the fight between the Gundarks, oh, with the, the Gundarks, I should say. Uh, Jar Jar not a ton of help in this fight, but <laughs> he he does get himself involved here, and again, it's a great action sequence. I enjoyed you know seeing Mace's purple lightsaber blazing in the dark dusty streets of this of this Cairo esque town. Uh, and, again, it's kind of fun to bring some Gundarks into play here as well. Um, but it's time to head out into the desert and see exactly what the cult is up to here. 
as uh, they move their plans ever forward. By the way, and I like the sort of like the light rail system that the Fangirl used to head out to their little base. I think it's very cool, but at the same time, it's also very easy to track. So <laughs> if Jar Jar and Mace see you get on it, they're going to be able to figure out where you're going. So as cool as I like it, as neat of, of a visual as it is, I mean, it's like following somebody on the subway. Like, you just got to follow the tracks, buddy. It's uh, not that big a deal. And this location, unlike the subway, it looks like there's only one stop. <laughs> it's a, it's a, the, at the end of the line. <laughs> but the Fangirl, they're not too worried about it. The appointed time draws near. The sun and the moons are almost aligned. The Jedi is unyielding. He will arrive too late to save the Queen. I've seen it in my visions. Once the Great Mother is in possession of the Sphere, she will combine her powers with the Living Force, and a new order will arise. Well, a new order will arise, just not the one they're thinking it's going to be. That's the facts there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and now, you know, hey, let's check in on our heroes. Yeah, okay, got it queued up here. It's Jar Jar and Mace riding some Yopis out in the desert, because that's what Yopis do best. Jar Jar. Jar Jar, please. Oh, me so sorry, Master and Mace. I'm just worried about the Queenie. I understand your fears, and I am trying to help you. But for now, keep your mind focused on the task at hand. That is the best way you can help your friend. Why say you thinking they want Queenie so badly? As the spiritual leader of her people, the living force inside the Queen must be very powerful. Whoever the Great Mother is, she wants that power. Well, we shall not let them have Queenie's force. No, we will not. When we get to the temple, I'll handle the guards and whatever evil we find. You focus on the Queen. And we said good guys will triumph. Right, Master and Mace? Yes. So I like that last bit because Jar Jar is very uh, desperate to hear that the good guys are going to win, that they're going to save uh, Queen Julia and that they're going to be alive <laughs> to tell the tale. And it's nice of Mace to sort of give him that reassurance. But, you know, the, the moment is upon us here where uh, the, the big reveal, right? Like, and I, I don't know if it, you know, I, I sort of wonder, I, I often wonder when it comes to Star Wars, uh, were we supposed to be surprised by the reveal that the Great Mother is, in fact, the Great Mother that we already know, Mother Talzin herself? Mace doesn't seem to be thinking it, it's, it's going to be her, but I think as an audience, we're all like, yeah, that's the Great Mother. That sounds about right. Or are we supposed to be thrown off because the Dagoyans are very, very different in this fangirl cult is seemingly has no connection to the Night Sisters in any way? But, hey, let's go check it out. Let's, let's, hear, let's be here for the arrival of Mother Talzin. Mother, my visions have come to fruition. At last, you are here. You may rise. Do you have a living sphere? I can feel the power of the pure spirit resonating in this orb. 
the Jedi comes. This temple is well protected. When they arrive, the Stone Guardians will deal with them. We must begin the ritual at once. Come. So, yeah. They're going to begin the ritual at once. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Uh, and, and we get the clue that the Stone Guardians are going to be a big foil for Jar Jar and for Mace in a moment. And, you know, again, another fun little action sequence. But uh, let's find the next clip to talk about. All right, so this is where the cult's beginning of the ritual. Let's go ahead and play it. Who are you? The hour is far too late to trouble yourself with such matters, my dear. It may help you to know, however, that I am not a natural force wielder like the Jedi or Sith. I use dark magic to achieve power. But as a Bardotin, you possess a strong connection to the living force. A connection that will now be mine. Never. I will not succumb to your evil. How noble. Upon that tower rests a device that can harness the energy of the sun. When the lenses are aligned, the energy will rip your spirit from you, and I will gather it here. With the combined power of your spirit and my dark magic, I will become more powerful than any Sith or Jedi. And I could only imagine that so that she can go back and try to get revenge on Palpatine again, right? Palpatine, Dooku, everyone who's wronged her. It's time for Mother Talzin to get that, that, that sweet, sweet, sweet payback, right? Well... Jar Jar and Mace may have something to say about that, but they're about to activate the Stone Guardians and get themselves into a fair amount of trouble. So that can't be a good thing for anybody. But they will defeat those, <laughs> those uh, Stone Guardians. But again, it's kind of a fun little battle because the Stone Guardians are a fun visual, and I dig it. And our heroes arrive in time to stop the ritual sort of to interrupt the ritual and let's just get it let's just let it happen here we go the jedi have defeated the stone guardians you mean the jedi and the gungan Shardar! lisa here queenie master Windu. i assume you are the great mother no, I am a simple witch, not worth the trouble or attention of the great Jedi Order. A night sister. Get the queen. Oh boy! Alright, so more lenses are focusing into place. The queen is still in danger, and now Mace is going to be engaging in combat against a night sister. And I guess he doesn't read a lot of briefs uh, because he seemed very surprised when she uh, broke out some dark magic for him. And he's like, what? A night sister? Oh, I should have read the file. Silliness. So Jar Jar's got a bit of a race against the clock as those lenses are coming into place to rip the living force 
from Queen Julia's body. Mace is engaging in combat against Mother Talzin, who hasn't summoned the blade just yet, but she's going to do it soon. I want to play this little bit here as Mace fires up the lightsaber, and uh, he has a nice quip for the mo Great Mother. Your power is no match for my magic. Magic is only an illusion. <laughs> I take it back. She did. She did have the blade of Talzin summoned for that. <laughs> so Jar Jar is going to do his best to get the queen out of there. Uh, it's it's they they do a pretty good job of building up some some suspense um, with this sort of like ticking clock situation they have going on here. Uh, you get the, basically what happens is the lens is going to be moved. The queen will be out of the way, and it's going to destroy the the sphere containing the living force. So it's going to explode out in this cascade of energy, which is it's a beautiful piece of animation. It, it's crazy cool looking, and you know it sort of signals the end of this. Like Mother Talzin's plan has now been foiled. There's no point in in engaging with Mace Windu any further. So let's just check it out, see how we finish up. <laughs> No dialogue there. That was a waste of time. I apologize. I thought I thought Mother Talzin said something to Mace. Uh, I must have remembered that wrong. Uh, she just looks at him and begins to shriek, and then she disappears into her uh, uh, green energy form, um, and just you know goes away. <laughs> so, again, like her her bids for uh, being powerful and and all go all knowing and all awesome to stop Palpatine. You know, it's sort of interesting to think. Like, what would happen if Mother Talzin had achieved what she had, had hoped to achieve, had become more powerful than any Sith or Jedi? Uh, you know, I, I imagine she would have gone after Palpatine to, uh, to, to stop him, to get her revenge for the wrongs that he's committed against her. Uh, but think about that. Uh, what if a Night Sister had killed Palpatine and inadvertently saved the Jedi and the, and the, New, and the Republic at the same time? That would have been interesting. That would be a, a, a twist of what if worth exploring, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of fun to imagine like the Jedi could have avoided uh, their their near extinction if Mother Talzin had simply stolen the, the the life force she needed from Queen Julia to become all powerful. There's a wild thought, right? I don't know. I sort of am into that idea. Again, Mother Talzin maybe maybe the Jedi supported Mother Talzin's campaign of revenge. You know, the Jedi can't do all these these things. On their own, but like, what if they secretly funded Mother Talzin's campaign of revenge? <laughs> That's a wild idea, I think. I'm kind of into it. <laughs> but let's go ahead and check in on Jar Jar and Queen Jewel. Jar Jar, I knew you would save me. Misa never let anything happen to you, Queenie. Jar Jar, Your Highness, over here. I saw the witch when I looked into the force. Jar Jar, I wanted to tell you. I knew you would stop her. You should be thanking Master and Mace. Jedi Master, I owe you my life. 
It is my privilege to serve you, Queen Julia. Perhaps this is a new beginning for the Bardortans and the Jedi. Perhaps. Now our heroes right off into the sunset, and that's that. That was Jar Jar calling their noble steeds back to them, uh, and now they'll ride off together. And bringing into this a, a very Indiana Jones-esque adventure for Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks. And again, I find it to be a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things I couldn't help but think about at the end of this episode was, uh, you know, we find out that like, like Jar Jar sort of has like this secret life outside of what he's been doing in, in, in the films, right? Like, he has like this basically girlfriend who's a ruler of a planet. And, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks, like, at the end of the Clone Wars, or that, that actually hopes that after the Clone Wars are over, after the Empire uh, begins, that, that Jar Jar leaves Coruscant and goes to Bardota and lives happily ever after with Queen Julia because I find it to be a far better fate for him than, than being that uh, clown on Naboo that, that Chuck Wendig uh, created in his Aftermath series. Uh, you know, that felt like... To me, that felt like a cheap shot at the character uh, by somebody who never understood Jar Jar and never wanted to understand Jar Jar. And th that always bothered me in those little um, interludes that, that, that Windig included. It wasn't, they weren't completely disrespectful to Jar Jar, but I didn't find them to be worthy of the character in, in, in a sense. And this episode reminded me of the fact that like, Jar Jar had a life. And. I would like to think he got to go back to that life once he left Coruscant, you know, the Bardotans. Now, again, for all we know, Palpatine, you know, goes and enslaves the, the, the Goyans because their planet has force properties that he's interested in. You know, we, there's a lot we don't know. So maybe that would explain why Jar Jar is uh, like a, a, a sort of a clown on Naboo because uh, maybe Queen Julia gets murdered at some point by Palpatine. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot to ponder i suppose but you know jar jar i guess he's i guess what i'm trying to say is like jar jar just doesn't need like that sort of tragic ending i, I suppose like you can't have some characters come out of uh, come out of the clone wars okay uh and i'd like to think that jar jar being like like yoda speculated the sort of childlike mind of jar jar binks um doesn't doesn't need to have all that negativity a, a, a tragic ending to it that's just my opinion on the matter. Agree or disagree, it's up to you. Then again, I didn't like those Aftermath books very much to begin with. So <laughs> that might be my own personal opinion on those. So, hey, how about that? Uh, seven buckets. You know, it's, it, it's, it's that sorbet you get after your dinner, right? It, it, just, it, it, puns, pun, it cleanses the palate right before you're going to get into some hard, heavy Star Wars action in the next Four episodes to close out the abbreviated, shortened uh, season six, the lost missions of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. And I can't wait for you to be here to check those out. So thanks for being here for this one, though, Bucketheads. Buckethead Nation, you continue to be the best bunch of supporters the Internet uh, could ever ask for. You guys are all the best. And as we rocket towards the holiday season, I hope every single one of you is doing A-OK, -okay, that you're in a good place uh, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually. 
um, whatever your, your, your cup of tea is in, in that matter. Uh, so know that I'm thinking about you guys all, all you guys, as we head into the holiday season. And we will continue to have fun the rest of the year. So know that the podcast is here for you. And reach out. We're, at, we're, at, we're on the social media still. At Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If your podcasting platform offers the ability to do reviews, hey, why not give us some five-star reviews? They're great. They really help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the cosmic shuffle of the bajillion podcasts that exist, and we really appreciate you taking the time to do so. All right, Bucketheads, go out there. Be great Star Wars fans. Get people watching Star Wars this holiday season because there's all kinds of fun stuff to watch on the Disney Plus app. And may the Force be with No, we're not doing that. This podcast can only end one way, my friends. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way.